What does it mean to have identity in Christ? I was sitting in a meeting with my wife, Brooke, and my counselor, John, and things were pretty bad. I had unceremoniously left my ministry career. Our marriage was hanging on by a thread. I was looking for work, and I felt totally gutted as a person. John and Brooke were finishing up. Then he looked at me and said, So, Matt, what's it like down there at the bottom? We chuckled, but he was right. I was at the bottom. I felt so many emotions, all of them bad. I felt failure, pain, anger, loneliness, uncertainty, shame, guilt, rage, but mostly sorrow. My life had gone away. I never dreamt it would, and I was so, so sad. I was hoping John wouldn't ask me anything because I knew I would just burst into tears if I had to open my mouth. And he asked, and I did. Finally, through the sobs, I eked out a meager, pretty bad. Now, John is one of the wisest people I've ever met. He's funny, kind, genuine, fearless with his questions, but most of all, anointed to counsel pastors and their families. And at this point, frankly, watching me break down was nothing new, and John was unflappable. But what he said next changed me forever. He paused and said, Hmm, you know, Matt, I don't know why God chose to do it this way, but God has taken his axe to the roots of the tree of your identity and completely ripped it out of the ground. And that's a painful process. I nodded, still unable to speak. But you know, he said, it's also a great opportunity. Because with that comes a chance to start over. So from this moment forward, you get to ask and answer this question of yourself. Who are you going to be? That moment is etched in my mind forever. Because I always thought I knew who I was before that. But the truth is, I would have described myself as a pastor should, with the right words and statements, but that's not who I was, really. I would say things like, I have my identity in Christ, but I really didn't. I was a perpetual people pleaser. I suffered tremendously from imposter syndrome. I struggled with sin in ways that I shouldn't have. I prioritized the needs of the church over the needs of my family and the needs of my family over the needs of myself. I was a terrible steward of relationships, money, talent, my marriage, my kids, my life, and it all had come crashing down. It was shortly after this conversation where I heard a sermon where the pastor used that exact phrase, is your identity in Christ? Glibly, I thought, yeah, sure, of course. But I was checked hard by the Holy Spirit in that moment with a mat, are you sure? Because think about where you are right now. I somberly agreed and thought, well, I guess not, but Lord, what does it actually mean to have my identity in Christ? And that was the moment when this journey changed from one of shame to one of hope. And it's a journey I've been on since. What does it really mean to have my identity in Christ? That was seven years ago, and I still process that question daily. It's a question that has easily made its way into Christianese. It's on t-shirts, bumper stickers, coffee mugs. We ask it like it's no big deal. Hey brother, is your identity in Christ? In today's world, we take job titles and vaccination statuses way more seriously than that question. The point of this podcast, though, is to bring some meat to the question and process it through some changes in my own thinking. I recently turned 40 years old. Now, I don't mind being 40, but for the first time in my life, my age gave me some pause. 
I'm naturally reflective anyway, so reviewing my life on my birthday, New Year's, anniversaries, etc. is pretty typical for me. But this one felt a lot deeper. The thing that came to mind was this topic and sharing 40 ways my thinking has changed over the last 40 years, i.e. 40 for 40. Now, I'm doing this for two reasons. First, God has shown me a lot that's helped me. He's truly been my shepherd, leading me by still waters and making me lie down in smooth pastures. I owe my life to him. I've learned so much about having my identity in Christ, and a huge part of that is understanding the kingdom of God. As I've learned more and more about God's kingdom, I've learned that God's kingdom is always multiplying. While I don't feel like full-time ministry is ever in the cards for me again, I do want to participate in helping multiply the kingdom of God, and this is my effort into that. The second reason is for a legacy for my kids, and maybe even generations to come. My mom's dad we called grandfather, and he and my grandmother, I know, very formal, were missionaries in Brazil for decades. I would have loved to have some audio of him preaching or teaching that I could listen to now, even though he passed away more than 20 years ago. Hopefully, this will be a record for my kids that lines up with the dad they lived with, and they'll be proud to listen and to share. So in this episode, I just want to remind you that what God says about you is who you really are. And my big struggle was that right there. It was hard for me to believe God over the voices that I heard in my life or in my head. So what does God say about us? Well, it turns out a lot. God tells us we are his children. In Ephesians 1 chapter 5, it says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. God accepts us as his own. In Romans 15, 7, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. We are the fullness of Christ. In Colossians 2, 9 and 10, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. We are united with Christ and one with him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. We are free from sin. Romans 6.6 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We are made in God's image. Genesis 1.27 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We were created with a plan and purpose. Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. We are the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12.27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We are chosen by God. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We are one with Christ. Galatians 3:27 and 28 says, For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Our bodies belong to him. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. We are loved. 1 John 3, 1 and 2 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Our minds are His. Colossians 3, 1-3 says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. I could keep going on and on and on, but each of these scriptures could be a lifetime worth of digging into and studying, and there would still be more. So I'm excited for this journey, and I'm thankful that you'll be joining me on it. Lord, thank you for my friends. I'm so excited that we get to ride this journey out together. I'm thankful for what you've taught me. I'm thankful for what you are still teaching me. I pray, Lord, I'd be a moldable vessel used by you, God, to receive all of the goodness and the fullness of Christ through your Holy Spirit. And I pray that for my friends listening as well. God, that wherever they are today, whatever they're going through, whatever they're enduring, that they would do it with grace and dignity and with the Holy Spirit all over them. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us and for this journey. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.